Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. We hope you're having a great morning. Thanks for the opportunity to come across your radios and share with you. We're continuing to go on through the book of Proverbs. We find ourselves in chapter 6, and boy, God's doing a work. He's teaching us about all kinds of things we shouldn't be involved in. But our God doesn't leave us there. He gives us these examples. He used the example in our last podcast of the ant. This small little ant does what this ant has to do to succeed. He talks about a mustard seed in the Bible. All these small things. And then we look at ourselves and all the pieces that God put us together in these brains and given us this freedom and given us this individual liberty. And, and man, we just need to trust him. And with me, as always, is my friend and my co-host, Stephanie Wesco. So, Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing okay, Doug, other than fighting a cold. Yeah. I'm doing okay. You know, I'm fighting a little bit of the sniffles and cold thing too. You know, and you're always wondering with all this crazy sickness going on and stuff. It's like, what do I got, man? You know, do I, is oh, it just, I, oh. you too? please don't tell me our brains are going down that same path. Man, I, you know, folks, I want you to know that this podcast is for people whose brains get on the wrong path sometimes. And Which ours do without even trying. We don't have, we don't have to try. We just, they just go there. But, uh, but anyway, folks, so we're, we're squarely back in our communities. I just came back from Pennsylvania, uh, here a couple days ago and, uh, Stephanie's out there in Indiana and we all got back from Pensacola, as you know, a week ago. And I miss the weather in Pensacola. I miss the, I miss the food in Pensacola, you know, about it. It was awesome. You know, if I worked or attended Pensacola Christian college or worked there, uh, I'd be the biggest human being on God's green. That food is that good. I just want you to know, I am not judging anybody who goes down there and goes to college and puts on 15 or 20 pounds. I'm saying, hooray, you didn't put on 60. It's good down yeah. there, man. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. Oh, it's so good. It's And they got a bowling alley. And, and you know, folks, they've got a, a, a wave-making machine, man. They got rock climbing walls. They, they got... They got a putting range. It's just crazy. But most of all, they got the spirit of God. But, you know, Mm -hmm. Stephanie, so we have this segment. And uh, we have the knuckleheaded moment or the knuckleheaded segment. You might be a knucklehead if. And I'm just going to get right to the point on this. You might be a knucklehead if you've given up. Uh, Mm -hmm. if If you've given up on God, if you've given up on your family, if you've just given up in any way, that's a knuckleheaded thing to do and just stop it. I know it happens sometimes, but listen, God can do a great work in you. And sometimes, you know, we give up on people and I get it. There's some people that'll mess you up. I get that. I I tell everybody all the time, Stephanie, you've heard me say this probably a thousand times that 50% of the population are total knuckleheads. I mean, they're just there, you know, that they're oxygen thieves, you know, they're just, yeah, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're stealing space. Huh? Tell us what you really think of them. But 
you know, God died for them too. So how do we reconcile all that? You know, Christ died for the knucklehead, you know? So here's the great news. So we do this knucklehead thing for a few reasons. So you might be a knucklehead if you've given up. So you get a picture of people who've given up. And we, the second reason is so you don't give up. And third reason is sometimes it can be kind of funny, even though that one is not funny at all. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you because I think that's a serious, and, and keep those knuckleheaded suggestions coming into us. You guys sent me some. I haven't looked at them for a while. I, I may have time for a question that you guys had for Stephanie, and I may fit that in. I'll answer a question maybe that you have for me. I have them written down right in front of me. So we, we get about 10 questions a week. Some of them are so stupid I don't repeat them, but some of them are pretty good, you know. So we'll, we'll cover the good ones, the Great ones that are stupid. Stupid uh, yeah. ones. Tell me when we're not on the air. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like someone asked me the other day what my favorite soda was, Coca Pepsi. But anyway, so then, <laughs> so then, you know, folks, and that's a good question. All right. It, it's just, you know, that's what, important. We're not going to put it on the air. But anyway, well, we did. All right. I like Coke. <laughs> all right. So anyway. So how stupid was that? But then, yeah. Stephanie, so we, we, we've taken this, uh, you know, things that are right with God, and, and we really wanted to put something out there that we could track that says, you know, things we don't do or don't say, and this is really a significant thing, things we don't do or that we don't say to people with PTSD because we don't want to hurt people. We want to be inclusive. God is certainly inclusive. He died for everybody in the world. And people with PTSD are really going through some junk. And, and, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. So with that in mind, Stephanie, I know you have something to share with us, the things you don't say or do to people with PTSD. Well, I would, I would preface, or I guess I'm going to reverse it a little bit. Something that I would advise you do do. To do do? You, <laughs> that you do. <laughs> hey, I'll, don't worry. I'll take this off the air. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Things that you do do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm messed up. Okay. You don't Something. do that to people with PTSD that are your co-host on the radio. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my so something that um, comes to mind, if I can kind of turn this turn this around or flip it over, um, if you have some a friend or an acquaintance who has PTSD, something I would advise that you do is listen and be aware of what their triggers are. Yeah, because the last thing that you want to do with someone who has PTSD is say something that is one of their triggers and there's going to be times it happens without you even realizing it. So, you know, I understand that, that there's going to be times that you say something or perhaps do something with absolutely no possible way of knowing or unintentionally you trigger something. Um, but the last thing you want to do to someone who has been, let's say they've been yeah. through verbal abuse the last thing you want to do is say something to them that triggers that, that sends them into yeah. a tailspin, a feeling like they're worthless. Or the last thing you want to do with someone who, let's say you have a trigger of um, from wartime or from that kind of event, which is what I struggle with. The last thing you want to do is bring up subjects around that person or start going into a movie that you watched that's gory around that person. You will, you will set off triggers 
like you won't believe. So be sensitive. You do not want to trigger those things, people and send them into a tailspin. If you, if you don't care, if you do that, you're a knucklehead. Um, but man, you stole my knucklehead thing from tomorrow now, man. Sorry. No, but Uh, I just want to, uh, freebie in there. Yeah. I, I just want to say that this is a real thing. Yeah. So, so the thing you don't want to do is not know somebody with PTSD well enough to know their triggers and stuff. And I, I, I like the way you say that. Do get to know people. Turn that into a positive. So listen to what Stephanie's saying. We're, you know, human beings are so complex. And then you add something to that, you know, which all of us have been through junk and been hurt and been spit out or whatever the case may be. And uh, just get to know folks. And, and you know, we, we, you know, when we date, get married, have brothers and sisters, parents, whatever. We work really hard toward getting to know these people in our lives, you know, maybe our spouses or family members, siblings, kids, whatever. We work very hard to know what they like because we want to satisfy them. Well, we should work very hard uh, with everybody and know what they like and dislike, but especially with those people with PTSD. I think that's really good. And I'm sorry I did that whole doo-doo thing at the beginning because now I feel bad. And, uh, <laughs> so you, now you're laughing at me as I'm sitting here with contrition. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm sitting here with, with, with my spirit, right? My heart. And now you're doing it to me. Well, anyway, I, we, we got to stop this. This could go on forever, but, uh, folks embrace somebody with PTSD, you know, not physically, maybe physically, but you know, get to know them, get to love them, uh, get to talk, know what they like. You know, I had a friend of mine that really had it bad, uh, and, uh, and, and he liked milkshakes from McDonald's. So, you know, I'd pick him up a milkshake from McDonald's that opened the door, just little things, you know, it's just the simple things, but the things that we don't do, or we shouldn't do, as Stephanie said, is, is bring up those triggers. And so we're in Proverbs chapter six, and there's triggers here for God. There's things we shouldn't do. There's, um, you know, these things they're like these various warnings that comes to my mind. It's like these warnings. Uh, in the Bible on things we shouldn't do. And, and the word of God, you know, the great thing about the word of God is it gives us both sides, Stephanie. It, mm. it says, you know, you shouldn't do these things, but constantly it says because of sin, because of what this is going to do to your marriage, because of what this is going to do to your life, how this affects things. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, sin has a sweet um, feel advertisement to it. Uh, I mentioned, I think last week that it looks like a brand new car, that it's got that new car smell. Everything's going to be all right. I'm just going to go in in a little bit, but over and over again, God's word doesn't differentiate between a little sin or a big sin. God's word doesn't differentiate, uh, between living a sinful life and just a little bit of a sinful life. You're either, uh, what is the comment that I use that always freaks you out a little bit? You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either... (laughs) You're either serving God right or you're not. There's no in between that. You know, there's no little bit of pregnant or, and there's no little bit of being stuck in sin. And I think, I think God's word does a really good job at reminding us of that, that, hey, sin, sin. And, you know, sometimes, Stephanie, I was thinking about this and I was listening to our podcast, actually, the one that's on the air today. I was listening to that as I was going for a hike when I landed from Pennsylvania today. And I used the word affair. And I was thinking about that. I shouldn't use it. That makes something sound good. 
You know what makes it sound like we're going to have an affair with the family today. You know, we're all going to have this epic affair. We're going to go out to a picnic or whatever the case may be. But when we use that term to talk about an illicit adultery, we should use the term adultery because that's mm. what God uses. And, and so sometimes we, sometimes we maybe minimize these things. And I'm talking about me, not Stephanie. Stephanie's very good at using biblical words. And, you know, she's a preacher's kid times like 600. She had preachers all through her family, you know. And uh, so um, I'm thinking, Stephanie, that as we read God, and as we study God, God's word, that personally I need to take this word. Not only do I need to chronicle it, but I need to place it in my heart and and look what it says here, it's starting right off in verse 15, Stephanie, it says, therefore shall his calamity, talking about the sluggard, come suddenly, suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things that the Lord hate, yes, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lion tongue in the hands that sheddeth innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and to run into mischief a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. And, you know, this is that real famous verse, and I chronicled all these, uh, but the six things that the Lord hate, seventh that are abomination unto him. Let's look at these things, Stephanie. I think we have time to do that. First one, a proud look. When you hear that term, a proud look, what do you think of? Wow. <clears throat> I think of someone who always looks on others. I know um, I'm thinking of one, um, well, I mean, I know women like this too, but I'm thinking of a man that's coming to mind. Me too. It's probably the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because I know who you're thinking of, and it's different than who oh. I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's pretty bad when she knows who I'm thinking of. I get, in fact, I could almost bet I know who you're thinking of. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. But the guy who I'm thinking of as a teenager, um, I'll never forget my dad. My dad just was in disbelief because this kid was a teenager and came to my father and confronted him with all of these unbiblical positions that my dad took, by the way, none of them were unbiblical, but yeah. this kid was a 19 and now he's a pastor and is still a punk. And I'm not saying all pastors are that way, but this guy has never, he was proud then. And all that pride is done is mushroomed and gotten worse and worse and worse. And now he's one of the best narcissists that exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's where pride leads you. And yeah. I think that's, God lists this first because it's a big deal. It's looking down on people. It's uh, it's exactly what yeah. you're saying, this guy. I know more than this guy who's been a pastor, who's been through Bible college, and I'm just this teenage, you know, young man that really should be studying my Bible and learning, but here I am going to a pastor and telling him everything he did wrong, looking down on people, that proud look, exactly what Stephanie's saying, good example. And I guess we get a lion tongue, don't we? And there's some people who are yeah. so good at that. You know, mm -hmm. some people, it's, it's kind of like in their DNA. You know it's, what I mean? Yeah. You know, there's whole families that can lie better than anybody you ever met. And, yeah. uh, and, and think, you know, most of the people, you know, I try to be honest, but I'm a liar. We're all liars, right? Every man's a liar. I, Without God, yes. Yeah. And, uh, 
But somebody with that lying tongue, just out there lying about people. And and then that next one, Stephanie, hands that shed innocent blood. You know, there, there's going to be a, you know, God sees that. There's going to be a price to pay. There's going to be an accountability. And, uh, you know, how often, and, and I say this to Stephanie, folks, and, and this is shameless of me, and but Stephanie knows as the co-host that, she gets hit all the time from the terrible things she's went through because it helps us. But how often have people talked to you about Charles being killed and what you think of the people who did that to him? Quite often. And, and you know, but you and your eight children and your family and certainly your dad uh, was best friends with Charles. I mean, all, all the loved ones you know, going through your family and siblings and things of that nature. But, you know, I want to just remind everybody who's listening to me, sometimes it seems like people get away with shedding innocent blood. But I want you to know that at the throne of God, there's going to be accountability. Mm-hmm. There's going to be accountability and, and some things. That, but God hates that. And a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Uh, what's a wicked imagination, you think? Well, um, you and I have talked about these people that seem to create scenarios that never happened or they create scenarios where they are suddenly the victim when the factual story would be they, they were the abuser or the manipulator. But, um, you know, people that have a wicked imagination, I, to me, someone with a wicked imagination and, and being a liar go hand in hand because they're normally one and the same kind of person um, because their brain, again, we go back to the whole thing of if you're lazy, you you end up with a mind that's perverted. And I think that's what this is talking about is someone whose mind is, is perverted um, because they have given it over. They've given place to the devil for so long. And God hates that. He gave us our mind to be the seat of thoughts that would be honoring and glorifying to him thoughts and mindsets that would lead us in the way everlasting lead us in that path of life. And, um, you're literally violating all that God created you to be when you give your mind over to, to vain imaginations, to wicked imaginations, and literally your mind becomes pickled. If I can use that term, it's so perverted. And that's a very, very scary thing because God calls that an abomination. He calls it something he hates. Yeah. And, and I think there's so much here. I, I think, you know, these wicked, there's people who create backstories, side stories. You know, they create a whole epic community of things. You know, and some people, have you ever noticed that some people are always the hero in every story? Mm-hmm. You know, and the reality is in most of my stories, I'm the loser, you know, <laughs> and, but these, some people can create, I mean, backstory, side stories, multiple layers. And I think that's what God's talking about. A wicked imagination spends much time doing those types of things and feet to be swift to running into mischief. You're that type of person that's prone to just hop in and do wrong. And, uh, God hates that. You know, God hates the wicked imaginations that Stephanie just talked about. God hates the proud look, the lying tongue, the hands that shed innocent blood. And he hates those of us who are quick to run into mischief. And I I think, you know, I always try to look at the opposite. 
So if we're quick to run into mischief, if God hates that, we want to be quick to run toward God or run toward holiness or, and, and not to have a proud look and not to be lying and not to shed innocent blood. I, I think that's what that's all coming to. And then a false witness speaketh that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren. I, I think those two things are one within itself too. I think you can be a false witness maybe without sowing too much discord, but, and then you have people that soweth discord. So a false witness is somebody that says, you know, this guy did this and he didn't, or this gal did this and she didn't, but that soweth discord, you know, that's a, that's a weird uh, line to walk, Stephanie. I mean, it's, it might be kind of easy to sow at this chord. I mean, what does sow at this chord mean? Where, where does that start? What's the minimum of that? Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if it brings pleasure to you to see arguments, if it brings pleasure to you to see confusion, if it brings pleasure to you to put everyone around you in their own little box and to make people, to pit people, to pit people against each other so that you can stay top dog. Yeah. That's yeah. who that, this is describing to me. Someone who is a backbite, you know, this is someone who loves to, um, I mean, and it goes along. I think um, a false witness is very often involved yeah. in discord. Um, and, but if you're that person you know, you and I have talked about this, that there's certain situations, there's certain issues where people, where relationships have been broken. And, you know, I like to do investigative work. And when I do investigative work on relationships that have been broken, especially as I counsel with people and I start doing research, especially with situations that I personally have been involved in, and there is always a root and it, every vein goes back to that same root. And there's a person or a family or whatever involved in that route. Mm. You might be the person who's sowing discord. Yeah. You might, you know, and, and, and you and I both know people like this. It, oh, it comes with an agenda. Yeah. It is always an agenda. And it's it, this, when I look at this list, Doug, and I see these seven things that God hates and calls abominations, this sums up narcissism. This is the biblical definition of a narcissist because let me tell you, and, and, and somebody would say, oh, how heinous of you. You know, my, my pastor has never shed innocent blood. Well, I hate to tell you, but I know, I know people that would call themselves Christians who have said things with their mouths that shed innocent blood. Yeah, you can, it, it, can, it can ruin lives. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when your words and I know people who've committed suicides oh, over yeah. rumors and lies I knew people who did that and and that's my point you yeah. your words can lead to death can lead to suicide you have no idea the, the the power of your words and I hate to tell tell Christians out there but your words can result in innocent blood being shed there it and is. so yeah that there is, this is one of the most sobering passages in all of scripture. I think so. And you know, seven things, there are six things that the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, three, a heart that devises wicked imagination, four, feet that be swift to run and rich at five, a false witness to speak of liars, six, 
and he that soweth discord among the brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. So, I, I, you know, I think looking at this, Stephanie, we tried to put a human face or what things look like by this, but I, I, I think this is something that's very easy for everybody to maybe not shed an innocent blood. Maybe some things are a little bit harder but I think now that we know those seven things, we've got to go out of our way to really look at them and say, where does sowing discord start? And it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's, Stephanie said, wow. I taught, And folks, I need to apologize for that. I used to say wow all the time. And so when I first started talking, so Stephanie's a big wower now. And uh, I've lost my wowness. But <laughs> you know what I'm thinking, Stephanie, that discord, that's a really tight rope to walk. That's a fine line. Be very careful, friends. We don't want to sow discord because we have feelings. So this is what's bothering me in closing, Stephanie, because I always like to give something definitive. But we, we have feelings that can get hurt. And if we're not careful when our feelings are hurt, we may not even intend to sow discord, but we may end up, in fact, sowing discord. And so this is one of those things, folks. Be prayerful. Dig in. And, uh, and, and just be godly. Just be godly. Well, we uh, sure, we sure do love you folks, and we're honored at this opportunity again to come across your radios. And if there's anything we can do to help, make sure you look us up on Helpful Wounded Spirits. And Brother Eric's got a few things to say to you here in a minute or two. And I just want you to listen to everything he has to say. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please, if there's anything at all that comes out of this podcast or any of these podcasts or any of these things we labor over, please make sure you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And if you do, dear brethren, make sure you share it with somebody. You know, don't get to heaven. Whatever you do, do not get to heaven and have God say, where's your kids and where's your neighbors and things like that. Just mm-hmm. dig, dig in, pray, love folks. And uh, we know this stuff in Proverbs is kind of hard. I think, you know, Stephanie, I think it would be easier to like go through the book of Philemon or something, but, but I know this, I know that God is using these things to help me. And I know he's using them to help you and, and, and folks just listen, just do what you can for God this week. And, and he'll honor that and yeah. uh, just serve him. We love you folks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you.
Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.